Hey, thanks so much for joining us today for our online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony, and if this is your first experience at North Park, let me just remind you, you made our day when you logged on today. We're continuing in a series that we started last Sunday called Under Pressure. As you secure your Bible and get ready to dive into God's Word, you can also open your Uversion smartphone app, hit the menu, go to Live Events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures and notes are going to be right there for you. We also make this available throughout the week so that you can refer back to today's notes for further study. Now, today we've got a lot of scripture that we're going to look at together, so you're going to want to take note of those. Go back to them, dive in even more, and let God speak to you, not just today as we dive in, but throughout the rest of the week. As we prepare for God's Word today, let's do something that we would typically do if we were in person. If you've got your quarantine buddies close by, why don't you get out of your seat? Why don't you walk over and give them a big old high five? If you're not with your church family today, why don't you take this opportunity to send a text to someone in our church family that you miss and remind them that they matter to God and they matter to you. I had a great conversation recently with a friend who I thought had a really good take on this season of life that we're in. Here's what he said. This season has amplified whatever was already present. Let me say that again. This season has amplified whatever was already present. I'll even take it a step further. It really feels like this season, this last few months, I've kind of lost count of the, of the weeks at this point, but it's been a magnifying glass on whatever's already in your home, whatever's in your heart, and whatever's in your life. Here's what I mean. If your spiritual disciplines were strong coming into this season, I'd be willing to bet they're probably even stronger now. If you were taking care of your mind and your body, your soul and your spirit before this season, you're probably even stronger in those areas as you've had a little bit more time to focus on some of those things. If your marriage was great coming in, marriage is probably even stronger today. Again, this season amplifies or magnifies what is already present. But here's the issue. The opposite is also true. If you were struggling with your spiritual disciplines, if they were lacking when we came into this season, I'd be willing to argue you're probably spiritually starving at this point. If you've not been taking care of your body, your mind, your soul, your, your personal health, your, your mental health, I would dare say you're dealing with more anxiety, stress, and just wiped out more than you've probably been in a really long time. If you came into this season already struggling with some marriage issues, some relational issues, some family things going on in your home, I would dare say that those things have probably gotten a lot more tense and you feel like you're under even greater pressure. This season has put so much pressure on our bodies, our minds, our relationships, our finances, so many things in our life, we might say, I just feel so much pressure. So many people in our church family uh, are leaders. Many of you, you're just high capacity leaders and you lead in your home, you lead in our church, you lead in this community. 
uh, you lead in your businesses, you, you, you lead a team, you lead a department. And that alone has been a big pressure point for so many people. Think about it. There's no training manual on how to lead through a global pandemic. I mean, just being a parent and leading our kids through a global pandemic, there's no manual on how to do that. We're figuring it out as we go along. Uh, there's little training on how to lead others to have difficult and uncomfortable conversations about important things that are impacting our culture these days, like race and, and equality. I was reading a blog this week about leadership and, and, and the following things were shared. And I think that these things are adding to the pressure that we face. See if you can identify with some or all of these. Leaders are serving in ways for which they have no training or experience. They're doing their best, but often unable to keep up. They're worried about systems that they, they at one time worked really well, but now have quickly become out of date and we're having to find new ways to do our jobs. People are exhausted. Less face-to-face -face meetings and encounters does not equal less work. We're not feeding our souls. The writer said the future is cloudy. I would add with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> it's 2020. We don't know what to expect. It may start raining meatballs today. We don't know. The collapse of the job and financial market impacts our ability to care for our families. We're not physically healthy. Many have conformed to not a five-day work week, but a seven-day work week. I even read recently that the average worker who's working at home is actually working two and a half hours more than when they would go into the office. We're not really sure where the day starts or where it ends. And so we're working a lot more in many cases, not five days a week, not six days a week, but even seven days a week unwilling to take time off, not seeking out mental health. And finally, many are in dangerous spiritual territory. And as a result of this season as a pastor, I've done more counseling. I've referred more couples to marriage counseling, dealt with more mental health issues, stress, anxiety, tension, burdens, all of these things, addictions, more than I have in any season in the history of our church. Why? Because we are under pressure. Now, you can describe it in a lot of different ways. I feel tired. I feel worn out. I'm stressed. Maybe you would even say, I don't feel like I can catch my breath. I don't even feel like I can breathe. And when you're in that situation, when you find yourself in that place, I want to give you five symptoms that begin to surface in your life. And with each of these five symptoms, I also want to give you several scriptures that I think will speak to each of these symptoms. So when I'm under pressure, here's the first thing that happens. The risk of sinful choices increases. The risk of sinful choices, it actually increases. Why? Because the thief comes to still kill and to destroy, right? So there's an enemy who's waging war against our soul. And he's not just playing around, right? He, he comes to seek, kill, and, and to destroy. He's wanting to destroy your relationships and your influence and, and your life with Jesus and the freedom that you have as a follower of Jesus. Like all of those things are on his radar. All of those things are his target. And he's going to come after you, not when you're like at your best, right? He often comes when we are spiritually and physically depleted. When we're tired, 
Because when I'm depleted, when I'm tired, I'm unstable. My emotions are unstable. When I'm tired, that's when the enemy begins to set a trap. I mean, think about it. When you come out of a worship experience and you've, you've, you've had your mind and your heart open to God's word and you're worshiping and you're serving with your church family and you're just loving Jesus and you're loving other people, that's not exactly the moment when the enemy tries to hit you with a trap. But instead, he waits for those moments when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're depleted. All of a sudden, the risk of sinful choices increases. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21. I mean, this is, this is Jesus' words, okay? And he talks about the danger of being in that place. He says in, in Luke 21 verse 34, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation drunkenness and the anxieties of life and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap think about that Jesus is saying when when you're experiencing the anxieties the stress of life when you were under pressure you got to keep your eyes open you got to be alert because that day is going to close on you unexpectedly like a trap here's the second thing my emotions are inconsistent when I am under pressure. Think about it. When you're rushed and you're hurried, we are so much more impatient than when we're not in a hurry or in a rush. I mean, the culprit that many of us face is a hurried lifestyle. Think about the schedule that we get so used to keeping. We're constantly going to this place, then we gotta go to the next place, my wife always gives me a hard time because every single day I make out a list of things that I want to do. Every single day. I'm a list person. Even if I do something that wasn't on the list, I write it on the list so I can check it off. Some of you are exactly the same way. You're a list person as well. But often what I will do is I will write far more things on that list than I will ever have the capacity to accomplish and therefore throughout the entire day. Like I have no margin in my life whatsoever and I'm stressed if someone calls or reaches out or something pops its head up in the middle of my day because I didn't plan for that interruption. And we have this hurried lifestyle and we pack so much into such a small, tight space, no margin at all, that the smallest thing that begins to turn in our life causes stress and anxiety. And our emotions become very inconsistent. Job 9 and 25 puts it this way. My days go by faster than a runner. They fly by without my seeing any joy. I mean, think about that. I mean, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need joy in our life. Our world needs us as followers of Jesus to have joy in our lives. If there's anything that I want to be able to do is I want to be able to lift the people around me. Just when I walk into a room, I, I want to have such an influence and I want my joy to be so contagious that other people experience that and, and all of a sudden they experience some joy. But if I am constantly running around like a chicken with its head cut off, as my dad would say, then there's no way in the world that I'm going to have joy in my life because I'm going to be so stressed and anxious all the time. Here's the third thing. 
When I'm under pressure, I am so much more less productive. We buy into this lie that doing more, being really busy, actually helps us accomplish more, but I don't think that's always the case. Proverbs 21 and 5 puts it this way. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run, but hurry and scurry puts you further behind. We don't use that word very much, scurry. Hurry and scurry puts you further further behind. Just because you pack your life with so many things doesn't mean you're actually being effective at any of those things. Here's the fourth thing. Being under pressure, I end up empty inside. I think we have this idea that the more we accomplish and the more we attain, the more that we're going to be satisfied and the more that we're going to be filled or fulfilled in the things that we do. But that's not it's not exactly the case. Willie Green was a running back for Boston College and then was drafted into the NFL, unfortunately, to play for the Cleveland Browns. I don't know why I laugh, but Cleveland Browns weren't really great, still aren't great. But while Willie was with them, he actually took them to a game in the playoffs, which they hadn't been to in like forever. And in that moment, like you would just think like Willie would be on top of the world. I mean, here's a guy who's come out of a college, Here's a guy who's, 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 who's one of the leading rookies in the NFL. He's take, taking his team that's not very good uh, to the playoffs. I mean, that's a really big moment. And, and in, the, in the locker room after that game was over, people were celebrating and patting him on the back and giving him a high five. And, and, and Willie describes that that moment was one of the lowest moments in his life. Now, let me let that sink in for a second. At a moment when you would think this athlete who has reached a pinnacle that very few people have ever reached in, in, in that world, you would think he would be just celebrating and having the time of his life. But he had to sit there fighting back tears. And he describes that moment of being so empty inside. And he just felt that if he could attain certain things in his career, that finally that emptiness that he had always felt would finally be fulfilled. That thirst in his life would finally be quenched. And he realized in that moment, this dream I'm chasing is never going to fulfill this emptiness in my heart. And it was that moment that Willie began to turn his heart and his life to Jesus where he finally began to have fulfillment and satisfaction. Now, maybe you're just chasing a dream. I'm not saying the dream's a bad thing. I'm not saying don't chase your dreams. I'm just saying that the only thing, the only person that's going to be able to fill the emptiness that's in your heart is Jesus. And I'm not talking about having an association with Jesus. I'm not saying calling yourself a Christian. I'm not saying just read your Bible every day. I'm not saying that just doing the church thing. I'm talking about a personal, intimate relationship with the living Son, a living God. There's a difference in knowing about Him and truly having a personal relationship with Him. Only then will we be able to truly fill this void that we have in our life. Psalm 39 and 6 says this, We are merely moving shadows. Think about that. And all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We've got to invest our life into things that have eternal value. Let's be real. So much of what we do in a day, 
adds no value to people or eternity. We need to invest our life in things that have eternal value and things that truly matter. A few weeks ago, we interviewed Wesley Boggess. It was such a powerful story that she shared with our church family. And so many of you have shared what an impact that that made on you. As I kind of relive that conversation in our mind, there's something that she said in that conversation that made a huge impact on me. And this is what Wesley said, who, who lost her husband in, in battle. She said, I live every day to earn the sacrifice of my husband. Her husband laid his life down for his country, for his family, as he was fighting for your freedom and he was fighting for my freedom. But she said that phrase, I live every day to earn the sacrifice of my husband. I want my life to count. He laid his life down so every day I want to make every day count. I want the world to be different because I'm here and I'm investing my life in things that matter. As Wesley said, I want my life to count. I, I want to live and earn the sacrifice of my husband. All I could think about was, what about the sacrifice of Jesus? Jesus laid his life down on the cross for your sin and mine. And every day I want my life to count. I, 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 want, I want the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. I want it to matter. I want to live every day in the shadow of the sacrifice of Jesus with my focus on investing my life in eternity. I want to say that again. Let's live every day in the shadow of the sacrifice of Jesus and focus on investing our life in eternity. And I know this season has been very hard for many of you because you love serving on our dream team with your church family. Like you love that. And, and many of you feel maybe that's your only outlet to really invest your life in our community, in our city. And you love serving on a team with that focus to build lifelong followers of Jesus and do that alongside of your church family. Investing your life, your family and time in something that truly, truly, truly matters and that will outlive you. That's legacy. But it's hard because right now we've not been meeting face to face and so you've not been able to serve with that team. You don't have the in-person gathering each week to be able to walk out those opportunities of service. And so here's what I really encourage you. Be creative in this season. Find ways to be able to serve other people, whether it be in our church family, our city, or in the neighborhood in which you live. Find ways to serve with your family. Find ways to serve with your life group. Let's really be creative in this season. We celebrated this, this month a, a Just Because campaign. And we sent out cards to you that, that, that had um, opportunities for you to perform random acts of kindness throughout our city. Just because people matter to God and they matter to you. Let's continue to make that a priority. Let's bless the socks off our community and the people that we live around in our neighborhood. We also have a partnership with El Salvador and we, we partner with the Acts 2 Network to develop and network pastors throughout the nation of, of El Salvador. And those congregations are beginning to open up now for in-person gatherings. But many of those churches don't have the financial security to be able to invest in the things that they need to open back up. So we as a church are partnering with the Acts 2 Network in El Salvador to provide 
kits to different churches throughout that nation so that they have what they need to open up. And for a $100 gift, whether you want to make a gift from yourself, your family, or even your life group, you can sponsor one of these churches to, to purchase a thermometer for them to be able to check temperature as people come in. Provide masks that people can use to protect themselves and other people. And also sanitizer to be able to clean the facility and, and be able to have clean hands and be able to minister to people in, in that community. Those are ways that you can serve. If you want to partner with us in that, we'd love to get you involved in that effort. We also partner each week with the mobile market at the Oaks community right here in our city. And every Wednesday in the early afternoon, uh, the mobile market, a truck comes into that community and we set up this mobile market where people can come and, and they can get food for their families. And we're always looking for volunteers to help us with that effort. If you'd like to serve in that way, just jump on our website and click that opportunity. We'd love to get you plugged in. What am I saying? Let's get creative. Let's invest our life in something that matters to fill that emptiness that we have on the inside. Here's the fifth symptom. When I'm under pressure, I can't hear from God. So many people would say things to me like this, Pastor, I just wish that God would speak to me. He is speaking to you. We just have so many voices that are speaking into our lives. The voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit gets drowned out. Bill Johnson said this, If your input from mainstream media is greater than your input from the Word of God, your discouragement is self-inflicted. I mean, think about that. Man, we, we listen to so many voices in our life when the voice that we really need to listen to is the voice of the Holy Spirit. 46 verse 10 of Psalms says this, Be still and know that I am God. When was the last time that you just sat in silence and listened for the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak into your life? If you find yourself stressed, if you find yourself under pressure, here's the big lesson for today. It's not rocket science, but it's important. We need to slow down and we need to catch our breath. We need to slow down and we need to catch our breath. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus is with his disciples and, and they're going from place to place and they're sharing truth and, and, and Jesus is loving on people and he's healing sicknesses and diseases and meeting the needs of people. But let's be honest, as all these people were coming, demanding the time of Jesus and those disciples, they felt that they too were under pressure. And in Mark 6, verse 31, this is what we see. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat. So the disciples were just hurrying and scurrying, man. They were just doing the work, and it was noble work. It was the ministry, the, the, the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus. But listen to what Jesus said to them in that moment. They didn't even have time to eat. Jesus said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So here's what I would say to you. If you need to slow down and catch your breath, heed the words of Jesus. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I'm going to be honest with you. This season has forced, forced many of us to stop. 
we've been forced in many cases to stay home with our families, stay home with our quarantine buddies. And I'll be honest, it's not been all bad. Before this experience, I'll be honest, my, my, my schedule was out of control. We had very little time at the kitchen table. We were going in different directions. This kid had this activity. This kid had this activity. My wife had this meeting. I had this meeting. And then all of a sudden, those things came to a screeching halt. And all of a sudden, we had the opportunity to sit in the living room again and have some meaningful conversations. I can't tell you how many meals that we've had at our dining room table. I can't tell you how many meals we've sat on the patio at our table. We've lived in that place for over two years and that table's been sitting on that patio and it's not been used. Finally, we're coming back and investing our time and, and our energy in some things that really matter and have some lasting, lasting value. Let me leave you with a couple of thoughts. Here's one thing. We gotta stop the constant push for more. We gotta stop buying into the lie that more is better, more stuff, more money, more activity. Ecclesiastes 4 and 6 says this, it is better to only have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time. Let me say that again, because we need to hear that. It is better to only have a little and have peace of mind than to be busy all the time. We've got to stop the constant push for more. Here's the second thing we need to do. We need to keep the Sabbath day. We need to keep it holy. I don't know how we've gotten into this routine or this rut of working every single day when Scripture is so clear about how important it is to take a Sabbath and, and, and keep it holy. I heard one person say, I can't rest. The devil doesn't rest. When did the devil ever become your model for anything? That's not the model we should follow. God took time to rest. Jesus took time to rest. You should. I read one author who said, here's what we should do. Work five days for our boss, one day for ourselves, and take a Sabbath. You need a day to rest. You need a day to recharge and to refocus. You need a day of worship because worship changes your perspective. And here's the third and final thing, and I'll leave you with this. We have to stay close to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. And some of you need this. And I want these words to just kind of wash over you as I speak to them today. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, burdened. Are you weary? Are you burdened? And he says, if you are, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Slow down, catch your breath. Because the people in our lives who need us most need us to slow down. They need our time. And if we don't slow down and create margin in our life, we will never be able to invest in what they need most. They need time. Now, I realize probably got more time in this season than we've ever had. But what happens when things begin to change in the next season? Are you just going to go back to the way it was? You're going back to the hustle and bustle and the 
hurry and the scurry? See, I've learned some things in this season, some things that I want to continue in the next season. I want to be able to continue to have that time with my family. So let's look at what's worked in this season. Let's look at what's been beneficial in this season. And even after this pandemic is in the rearview mirror, there's some great lessons that we can continue to apply in our life. Only God knows the chaos of the nervousness that you feel on the inside right now. And I pray that the grace of God would help you catch your breath. Father, I pray right now for those that are watching today that just feel overwhelmed. And I pray that their response would not be to try to fix it and work it all out and balance all these things and spin all these plates, but instead they would just surrender and they would come to you with their weariness and with their burden. And Lord, your word says that you will give them rest, rest for their souls. And I pray that as they breathe in today, that Lord, that you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would just breathe the breath of life into them. God, I pray that you would resuscitate them, that you would, that you would heal their heart and that you would bring peace in the middle of their chaos. And I pray that they would completely trust in you because you are a God who can always be trusted. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much for inviting us into your home. If this is your first experience, please go to northparkrdu.com and hit that digital connect card. We'd love the opportunity to connect with you today. And if you have a special need in your life and you'd like for us to pray with you, we'd love the opportunity. If you trust us enough to share that request with us, you can also go to our website, northparkrdu.com and hit the prayer button. We love to pray bold prayers over your life because we truly believe that God honors bold prayer and bold prayer honors God. And finally today, if you'd like to invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus as we continue to pastor our city, you can hit the online giving button. We want to be great stewards of what God has placed in our hands. We want to continue even in this series to be faithful, generous with our tithes and our offerings as we truly do invest in something that has eternal value. It really does mean more than you realize and we are so thankful for your continued generosity. We love you guys. We are so thankful for the opportunity to be with you in this way and can't wait, counting the days down to the time we can come together again at River Bend Middle School for an in-person gathering. We love you. You made our day when you logged on today.